Welcome to the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent Ether and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can contact the show at alienconpot at protonmail.com. I usually say Twitter, but I'm not saying X, so I'm, I'm just not going to do it anymore. It's stupid. <laughs> you can check out all of our other wonderful links in the description on the link tree. This week's episode, more Bigfoot. Big feats. Yeah, lots of big feats. Got a couple of announcements for you this week. Probably starting next week at the latest the following week. Just want to give everybody a heads up. We are changing the show name. Finally. Finally. We I finally wrangled in Agent Redacted to finish the logo. So that's what that's what the holdup was. I was waiting for him to finish that. And I'm pretty happy with it. I think it looks awesome. So we have the new logo and we are ready to go. And next week the show name will change to All Things Strange. I'm excited about this change. I'm so excited. I already updated our Facebook page and the blog. We have a new color scheme, and the background's green, and the logo itself is purpley. Yeah, purple and green. It should look good. You know, It like- does. It looks very good. He did an excellent job. If you want to see the logo, a sneak preview, it is up on Facebook and the blog. So do join the group. The blog is all things strange podcast.blogspot.com. And that's where I put up interesting articles, opinions, and the new logo. Yeah. And the main reason it's going to be the same show. Nothing's going to change other than the name. And the reason I'm changing the name is there's a couple of reasons. First of all, People see the name and they expect something a little different than what the show actually is. I think what people expect is something a little more on the woo side of things, as they say. Um, I don't know. And that's just not what we are. We're more of a level-headed show. And I've actually gotten emails to this effect, people emailing me and complaining, hey, where's the Alien Conspiracy? It's called the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. Where is the Alien Conspiracy? They're expecting something, I think, a little more left field. Right than what we actually are. Yeah, we're kind of hardcore, like into the research, looking at the facts, and kind of keeping neutral on the whole subject, whatever yeah. we're talking about cryptids, UFOs, or conspiracies. Yeah, I'm not afraid of strong opinions, but I tend to base it on actual stuff that I can find, you know, like data or whatever. If I can get my hands on it, then, you know, and if it is speculation, I say it's speculation. Whereas a lot of shows like <laughs> Cough, Ancient Aliens, Cough, for example, might present things as fact when they're not fact, they're merely speculation. You know, some people say, yeah. no, that's, that's Fox news. What ancient aliens does is it's, it's so funny. Cracks me up is they ask themselves a question or they ask a question, but then they answer that question. So they'll, they'll say, could you say that aliens won the Super Bowl last year? Yes. Yes. You could say that. That's kind of what they do. It's so fun. It's hilarious. I love it. It's a fun show. I'm not knocking them. Um, I do enjoy that show quite a lot. I do enjoy shows that are on the woo side of things, but that's not my show. That's not how we do things. So I feel it's missed the our current title kind of misrepresents what we actually do. And I want to try to get certain guests on the show. Some of them talking about things like maybe high frequency trading 
that might come on a show named All Things Strange, but definitely would not come on the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. So I think it'd be easier to get guests with a more neutral sounding name. And that's basically, in a nutshell, why I'm changing the name. Besides, the new logo is awesome. It is pretty awesome. There's a park near us. What is that? That's Spring Lake, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I went on a walk with Agent Redacted. Uh, it's about two miles there, two miles back. So I went on a walk, walk slash jog, but I was having asthma problems, so I couldn't jog the whole time. And he took a couple of pictures, and he put on a bunch of filters and did some stuff, and it ended up being like really cool. I gave him some very vague description. I said, I'd like the logo to be mysterious. You know, and that could mean literally anything, but he came up with something I think is really good. So you guys will see it. Hopefully everybody likes it. If you don't, well, too bad. It's our logo now. You can complain. <laughs> email <Yeah>. us at. <laughs> Feel free. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to get a new email address just because that makes sense, but I'm going to forward the old one. So that should still work as well. But yeah. And new merch. Yeah. It, I have to set that up. I'm thinking of going with like Redbubble or somebody. I don't know. I will. So take care of that for you. Okay. Well, first, what I want to do is actually order a couple of shirts from whoever we're going to go with because T Public, on the plus side, they're very, very cheap. But on the downside, they're very, they're very cheap. Very, very cheap. Like I ordered a couple of shirts for myself. That's actually the main reason I started that is because I wanted shirts for myself. And after I washed them twice, already the logo was starting to peel off. So, um, the link is still there for the T Public store, but I don't really recommend anybody getting it because their their shirts are really bad. Their stickers are pretty cool. Yeah, the stickers are good. I don't know about their phone cases or any of the other stuff. Magnets. Yeah, the magnets are good. Yeah, yeah. that stuff is good. But fear not, if you like the old logo, I'm still going to upload the old logo to the new store wherever we choose to go so that you can still get the old old logo if you prefer that. Because, yeah, why not? What's wrong with a classic, right? That's right. So anyways, just wanted to give everybody a heads up. Same show, different name. Nothing's going to change except for maybe getting some different guests on the show occasionally. But it's still going to be the same show more or less, you know. Um, I find it, when I have guests on, I do find it awkward to go under, like, Agent Anderson. I think that's a little awkward for other guests who probably have not really heard the show before. So I might also go under my real name, which is just, you know, Adam. So I might, that might be another change. I well. will remain anonymous, mostly because of work. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think I'll just go by ether. Times are a changing. And I think that, uh, this topic is not quite as taboo as it used to be, but I could still understand you being anonymous. I but, like my job. But our, our listeners have been increasing, so if it continues to increase at some point, you will no longer be anonymous. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> but, you know, your job is pretty liberal area, San Francisco, so I don't know. They'd probably be okay with it for you. Good point, good point, yeah. good point. And you are pretty skeptical anyways, so. Also true, also true, but open-minded. Yeah. All right, so is that is that all the announcements you had, Agent Ether? That is it. All right, that's all the announcements I had. So just once again, keep your eyeballs peeled for next week. It'll be a different logo, different show title, same show. We're just calling it different. And it's it's kind of adjacent because the name All Things Strange, that's been in the show, you know, when we do the show intro, come along as we examine blah, 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 and All Things Strange has been with the show for a very long time. So it's not something completely new or different. 
it's sort of just taking part of our catchphrase or whatever and using that as the show title instead. Also, bonus points, it just so happens to be the same initials, ATS, as my favorite weird forums above top secret. Now, I didn't do that on purpose. That's a pure coincidence. But um, way before I started even thinking about this show, back in the day, I would read about these topics on the Above Top Secret forums. So I feel like that's sort of my home, even though I haven't done a whole lot of posting on there. I've spent a lot of time reading on the, on the discussions on there. Some really good stuff, some really mediocre stuff, and some really toxic stuff, depending on the subforum. But it's a great website for like UFOs and stuff like that. This is kind of my home. This is where I learn about topics that I otherwise would have no experience in, that I, I, I never would have investigated every time we do a new topic. Speaking of which, I cannot believe our Patreon subscribers did not vote for the, what was it? The Gorman dogfight. Oh, I really wanted to do that one. And maybe we'll do it a different time or a bonus episode, but I was really excited. I honestly thought that would be the topic because we already did a Bigfoot show, although I'm not sure it was on that that one. It was a while ago, and I don't yeah. think you were. It was a long time ago. But the the first Bigfoot show, it's it's such a huge topic. There's so much to the Bigfoot topic. I feel like um, we didn't really do it justice the first time, but how could you in just an hour? We kind of just did sort of an introduction. So I've always wanted to do more Bigfoot episodes. We just haven't gotten around to it because there are so many topics to cover. So and many. We are due for a cryptid episode. Like to mix it up. Conspiracies, yeah. cryptids, UFOs, UAPs, aliens, etc. etc. Blue book files. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely have to re- record another blue book files. We're thinking about doing a couple to have a couple in the bag for when we go on vacation or whatever. We can release those. So we might do something like blue book files or whatever. We'll see. But all right, let's get to this week's episode. Bigfoot or more Bigfoot. Very nice. (laughs) I think I'll title it More Bigfoot. This was requested by somebody on Discord. Let me see here. Who was it? I forgot already. But yeah, we also have a Discord server. Not a whole lot going on there, but if you want to come on, say hello to some of the hosts of the show. Interact uh, with other members. Yeah, exactly. One of those sorts of things. Listen Um, to live shows. There's no paywall or anything. You welcome. Anybody is welcome to come and sign up to our Discord Come along and introduce yourself. Uh, Let's see here. So where is it? Request a topic. That's one of our channels. Um, Oh, it was Svul, S-V-U-L-E, requested, what about another Bigfoot episode? And I said, yeah, we could do that. So I put it on the vote, and here it is. And special thank you to our Patreon subscribers who are keeping the show going. We need a new mic stand, so that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, Agent Ether's mic stand keeps like slowly dipping over the episode, like very, very slowly. But by the end of the episode, it'll probably be pointing in the wrong direction. It's a cheap microphone like stand. my lap. Yeah, I need to definitely get a better one. <laughs> it worked for a little while, but now like the the hinge or whatever is worn out, so I have to replace it already. I feel like I haven't, I've only had it like a year or so, but whatever. Hey, you got to get new equipment sometimes. That's how it goes. All right. So I did uh, Bigfoots and UFOs because there, some people think that there is a connection between Bigfoot and UFOs and I've never actually looked into it before. So I looked into that a little bit to see what's what. 
What did you look at this week? I looked at the Bigfoot Research Organization that was founded in 1995 that employs scientific means to research the Sasquatch. I like it. Agent Anderson is now a speaker, says Bald Eagle. What do you mean? Did, did you guys not hear me before? He, he's, we got some, we do our live show right now. We do it on Discord. Uh, oh, am I supposed to hear something? Oh, you guys don't hear anything. They can. Excellent. Okay, thank you. Hello, live audience. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much, Bald Eagle, for helping us out with that. It's because uh, we don't, it, it randomly does this. Sometimes Discord works and sometimes it doesn't. But we so. are moving. We are moving to live shows on yeah. what, YouTube? Uh, yeah. shortly moving somewhere that's not Discord. Probably, yeah, we're probably going to move. I, I'm thinking of, well, what I want to do is there's um, a couple of, uh, like websites or whatever, or services where you pay like 10 bucks a month and it'll distribute to multiple outlets. So we could do like, you know, YouTube and Twitch or whatever, so that we could have, you know, wherever people want to listen, basically, we'll have a broader live audience base. So I want to do something like that. Yes. And, and I have good news for a live audience. We hadn't actually started yet. We were discussing things like uh, the new show name and the logo and some announcements. So we are just about to get into the actual topic. Yeah, we didn't really start the topic yet. So we we were just doing, we were announcing the new show name and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, so you guys didn't really miss anything. Or maybe you did. I don't know. And we were yabbering but and chatting. It'll be, um, the episode, it'll be on the episode, which will come out uh, the Monday after next. So you can catch the first 10 minutes when that comes out <laughs> a week from Monday. But yeah, so uh, Bald Eagle says they just got done listening to basically all of our episodes and I love your convos. Well, thanks. Yeah. It's good to hear from listeners. We really enjoy that because we're not, we're not like celebrities or anything. We're just regular people. So it's always good to have that positive feedback to know that we're, we're doing stuff that people actually want to listen to, <laughs> you know, otherwise it feels like we're in an echo chamber, but all right. So we appreciate your help troubleshooting that. And, um, yeah, ETA, yeah, ETA couldn't, his computer is broken right now, so he couldn't make it tonight, but uh, yeah, ETA is hilarious. Hopefully he can make it next week. Uh, I don't know. He, he just needs to buy a new computer. I gave him a Chromebook. That might work. I don't know. <laughs> but all right, let's get to this week's episode. Let's do it. Just to repeat, I looked at a Bigfoot UFO connection and Ether looked at a Bigfoot research group. That's correct. All right. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Uh, either way. All right, I'll go first. Maybe we can alternate because I have some stories. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. All right. All right. So there's a couple of different ideas that are s sort of tied up with Bigfoot that I generally don't look into or haven't looked into because they're just so weird that I just sort of like dismiss them out of hand. But I figured, well, let's give it a chance. Let's go ahead and look into some of this stuff. So that some people think that Bigfoot is not, you know, a big bipedal hominid that roams the forests of the world, but they think it might actually be some sort of interdimensional being. Like uh, Chewbacca. Yes. Well, no. Chewbacca is oh. just like a Star Wars being. <laughs> but there, so there's the interdimensional thing, which I didn't really look at that much, but there's also people who report Bigfoots in connection with UFO sightings. Now there, there are coincidences. So sometimes there's an increase when there's an increase in UFO sightings, there's also an increase in Bigfoot sightings in the same area. But I looked at specifically cases where Bigfoots and UFOs were seen together. 
So that's kind of, it's like, it's this really weird subtopic. Like a little niche. Yeah, that I haven't really looked at before. And there is one case that was so interesting that I actually kind of want to do a whole episode on it. But I'll talk about it a little bit on this episode. And I put it on the list. So we'll probably get to it sooner or later. All right. (laughs) Now, the idea of Bigfoot being involved with UFOs or interdimensional could explain certain things about the Bigfoot phenomenon. For example, why they are so elusive or why they never find remains, corpses, physical samples like hair, or even um, like droppings, like animal droppings. They don't find any of this stuff when when you're talking about Bigfoot, or at least none that I'm aware of that have been proven to be genuine. But I'm fairly new to the Bigfoot topic, so that might be that I just don't know all of the cases available. But if Bigfoot is interdimensional or an alien, it could explain some of this stuff. And also, why couldn't Bigfoot be an alien, right? Because... Like Chewbacca. Yeah, like Chewbacca. (laughs) We, We don't know what aliens look like. They could look like anything, even a Bigfoot. So why not? (laughs) <laughs> so there's been some encounters over the years that have involved a Bigfoot-like creature. For example, going all the way back to 1888, there was a UFO encounter that involved cattle ranchers who were meeting with Native Americans in Humboldt County, California. The Native Americans led the ranchers to a cave where they saw a big humanoid creature that didn't have that had no neck and it was covered in long, black, shiny hair, and it was sitting on the ground cross-legged. One of the Native Americans told the ranchers that three of these bear-like creatures, or they called them crazy bears, came from the sky in a small moon and landed. Crazy bears, I love it. Yeah. Now that's super interesting because in the Daily Star, very recently there was an anonymous report by... Someone who they called Mr. Bigfoot, very (laughs) mysterious, and he reported an eight-foot-tall, shiny, black Bigfoot in Illinois. Hmm. And I'd never heard of that before, but here you are talking about the, what do you call it, crazy bear. Yeah, the crazy bear with long black hair. Very interesting, very interesting. Yeah, kind of weird, right? And so the Native American told the ranchers, one of the Native Americans told the ranchers that Three of these, oh, did I say came down in a moon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I already said that part. Never mind. Never mind. Edit or not. A little flag. Whatever. I'm lazy. Flaggy flag. Nah, it's fine. (laughs) I can repeat lines. It's fine. It was just just a little line. So a lot of these stories I'm talking about, you could probably go on a lot more about them, but we, I want to go over a lot of them because there's a lot of them. In 1973, a Mrs. Rifa Heightfield and her son were asleep in their trailer in Cincinnati, Ohio. At about 2.30 a.m. on October 21st, uh, Mrs. Rifa woke up and to get a drink of water. She was thirsty. It happens, you know. People get thirsty. They wake up and go get some water. She looked out her window and saw some strange lights in the parking lot next to the trailer. The lights appeared to be sort of like a cone-shaped, seven feet in diameter, sort of like an umbrella shape or an umbrella cone And she also saw a gray ape-like creature with no neck. It walked into the light and then both the the ape-like creature and the light 
disappeared. Like instantaneously? Just instantaneously. And it's there are encounters like this, which is why some people think that there might be an interdimensional explanation. And for example, Jacques Vallée, is, he's a huge proponent of interdimensional UFOs, which that's a whole other topic. But something that just disappears in the blink of an eye, where did it go? Another dimension, perhaps. I mean, that seems like a reasonable explanation. Stuff doesn't just vanish into thin air, right? Right. I don't know. Kind of weird. All right. Next up, we have October 25th, 1973. There were a group of farmers in Fayette County, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a hot spot. Yeah, it is for sure. Unfortunately, I did not see any UFOs when I was there. I looked, didn't see any. <laughs> but but I did go on some badass roller coasters. It's, so. it's a Bigfoot hotspot too, Bigfoot and UFOs. Yeah, yeah. It's very beautiful there too. That's what I've heard. It is. You, you have to go with us next time, Agent Ether. All righty. Is that where Hershey Park is? Yeah, you're going to love Hershey, Pennsylvania. It's, Anything oh. with chocolate's okay with me. It, it was so much fun. So much fun. All right. <laughs> so October 25th, 1973, a group of farmers in Fayette County, Pennsylvania, saw a brightly lit dome-shaped UFO that was about 100 feet in diameter. That's a pretty big dome. Just imagine 100 feet in diameter, right? That's like, what, like a third of a football field? That's a big boy. That's a pretty big dome. Or as Agent Egg would say, a chunky boy. Yeah, a chunky boy, yeah. (laughs) They drove towards the object, and as they did so, they saw two huge creatures covered with thick matted fur. The creatures had arms that hung below their knees, and their eyes were glowing green. Now, I like to take stuff at face value, but when I see reports of glowing green eyes, it kind of seems a little fictional to me. I don't know. But still, it is possible for people to have glowing, or things, or maybe it was like a suit, you know, some kind of space suit, and it had like, uh, who knows, it could be, it's it's possible, right? Let's just, let's just take them at their word. <laughs> One of the farmers fired a gun at the creatures because, of course, they did. And, you know, PSA, public service announcement, please don't shoot at cryptids and or aliens, people. It's not going to end well. It's not cool. Not cool. You, they, hey, they might be showing up and maybe they want to have a party with you. You don't know. Have some beers, watch some movies. You don't know. Give us warp technology. Yeah, they might be cool. But if you shoot at them, they're not going to stick around. It's not going to hurt them because they're going to have technology and they're going to be able to deflect the bullet, but it's kind of like flipping somebody off. If you flip somebody off, they're not going to watch a movie with you. So just don't do it. Stop it. Stop it already. Uh, after after the, fa- the farmer shot at the creature, one of them raised its hand in the air and the UFO disappeared. The two creatures ran off into the woods and were not seen again by the farmers. The report I read said that the creatures were never seen again, but I strongly dispute that report because there were two of them, so they at least were probably seen by each other. (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. So they definitely were seen again, just not by the farmers. (laughs) Though you You didn't like that one? No. And then they went off and bred and had little tiny Sasquatches who ran around everywhere in North America. Cute little Sasquatch babies hanging off their fur. I wonder if they're hairless when they're born. 
That would be really weird looking. What if they were born in eggs? Eggs. Yeah. Well, there is. So don't quote me on this, but I believe that in Australia, they so Australia has a Bigfoot called the Yowie, I think, which we should do a whole episode just on the Yowie. But they do have Yowie candies, and I think they come in eggs. I like it. I think it's like a little chocolate Bigfoot in an egg or something like that. I've never had one. I've never seen them for sale at the store because Ozzy Mima might know. Yeah, we don't live in Australia, but yeah, Ozzy Mima and Ozzy Mima's typing. I can't. Let's see what, what she says. <laughs> <laughs> our our Australian correspondent, <laughs> who is going to report on the uh, the Yowie candy. I think it said. I think you pronounce it Yowie. But yeah, so that's. I think that they do come in eggs. I, I'm hoping they do because that would be awesome. That's what I remember. But like I said, I've never actually seen them in person. Agent Anderson and I are going to celebrate our 25-year wedding anniversary next year, and Agent Redacted insists we go to Australia, which I have vetoed because I have arachnophobia. <laughs> so, oh, come on. Australia is great. It is not a good fit. I've always wanted to go to Australia. So Ozzy Mima says, it's a chocolate Bigfoot with an egg inside with a toy inside that. That sounds awesome. You know That's where they might elaborate. have that? They might have that at Cost Plus. That's true. Cost Plus has so Cost Plus is a little world market over here, and they have furniture, but they also have like wine dishes and an array of different foods. So much fun! I actually grew up in Germany, so I love to go there and get little treats from Germany and share it with the kids and be like, "Oh, when I was your age, this is what I ate." These little Pfeffernusen. So we will keep an eye out for those little Bigfoot candies. It's the only place in town I know of where you can get that. What is that Australian Australian spread they put on toast? Oh, no. Um, that stuff's gross. Uh, it's in that song. I come from the land down under. Um, it's not marmalade. No, no. It's not marmalade. It's uh, Vegemite. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's the only place they sell Vegemite. And I got to say, I love it. It's delicious. It's just there are <laughs> nope. no words. Nobody else likes it. Everybody else in the family thinks it's disgusting. I got one. I, I saw it there and I bought it just on a whim. I think it's really delicious. You know what I like that they have are those little mokis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those the are good too. The red bean yeah. and the green tea mokis. I could eat those all day long. Yeah, those are pretty delicious. Uh, but Vegemite's better. No. <laughs> it's good. What? You put on some toast. You just put a little thin layer. You don't go overboard. Adds a little bit of a uh, little zest, you know? I'd rather have Nutella. Well, those are two completely different things. And yet, I'd rather have Nutella. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want Nutella all I the time. I do. I do actually want Nutella <laughs> all the time. Sometimes you don't want sweet. Sometimes you want savory. That is just not true. Oh, well, maybe it's true for me. Anyways, well, let's get back <laughs> to the, where, where was I even was. I don't know. All right. So they, okay, they ran off and then they disappeared. Okay. So why don't I pause here and then, um, then you can do some of your stuff and maybe we'll switch off a little bit. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Bigfoot Research Organization. You can find more information at bfro.net and they are the only organization that they say employs scientific means in order to explore this cryptid uh, the Bigfoot or Sasquatch and the most interesting thing I found on this website was that you can join in their expeditions hmm. so they host these expeditions and they list upcoming events they're all over the country 
all over North America. The next one is actually on the Washington Peninsula. It's on August 24th, so you still have time to sign up. Where's the Washington Peninsula? I'm not sure. Because um, I thought Washington was a state. It said Washington, and then in parentheses it says peninsula. Well, so I'm, while, I'm while Agent that. Anderson Googles that, I'll tell you more in case you want to join. It's uh, four days. It's August 24th through the 27th. And they recommend that you rent an SUV or four-wheel drive vehicle because you're going to be going over rough terrain. Your leaders would be Kay Brandenburg and Jay Ray. And the expeditions take place at night because that's when encounters are most likely to occur. And once you go with them on this expedition, you'll learn and acquire enough knowledge to be able to have your own encounters. So you take what you've learned on this expedition and you apply it to places that you want to go where you can collect your own scientific information. You learn about habitable zones and then you can, what they say is provoke an encounter hmm. in your own state to try and find this Sasquatch. That's Oh, I would love to go to something like that. Well, it's not free. But it's not yeah. too expensive either. It's $300 to $500 depending on where it is because they do have to pay for things like, I don't know, permits and campsites and, I don't know, their time. But I feel like for four days, that's pretty reasonable. It doesn't include transportation. You have to pr provide your own food, water, which is a big one, your tent, etc. It's just your guide and the location. Location, which is sometimes remote. So you might have to actually fly into some remote location, rent an SUV, and then drive the SUV out to where the expedition is going to take place. Hmm. It still sounds pretty awesome, though. You right. too can join the Bigfoot expedition. <laughs> we don't have any camping stuff. No. We don't have any SUVs, and we don't have any small aircraft to get us there. <laughs> so <laughs> it would be difficult to go. But man, hey, if I, if I won the lottery, I would buy a Cessna tomorrow. And fly my ass out there and go to that thing, you know? It's somewhat of an exclusive little club. I looked into joining and it's by invitation only. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I imagine that might be because you have you probably get an awful lot of trolls. So they probably don't want to be deal with people causing trouble, you know? You can donate though. Yeah. So feel free to go to their website and donate. They also have a free comprehensive database with reported sightings. And I think they probably pool it from all locations because they say they have more sightings than anywhere else, more than you can find anywhere else. They also have a, a form in case you want to report your own sighting. Hmm. Okay. I should contact them, see if they want to come on the show. That'd be that awesome. would be tons of fun. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. they might too. The organization thinks that the number of Sasquatches or big feet in America, North America specifically, so that would include like Canada and Alaska, is very small. Maybe as little as 2,000, maybe as big as 6,000, but that would be enough for breeding purposes. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, that's a pretty small population if you want to get two together to, you know, make some music and have some babies. <laughs> but I don't know much about the subject. Yeah, there, I'm sure people have looked into that, you know, done simulations on how much right. of a population. Well, you probably with 
any animal. You yeah. could probably do simulations on any animal and say, well, in order for this animal to survive, it has to have this population. Well, it really depends on their habits too, because for them to mate, they don't need to be lifelong partners. They just need right. to meet up once a year or so. You have maybe, a party, yeah. get drunk, maybe, swipe left, swipe right. <laughs> yeah, maybe meet once every three years. It just depends, you know. So, right. I mean, I think even much lower numbers might still sustain some sort of population. Yeah, totally. And the website also answers some questions. Now, interestingly enough, if you click on some of the questions you want answered, you do get a website error. So the website does seem incomplete. I see that a lot. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Because a lot of these websites are done by people who are sort of, they're into their own topic, but they're not necessarily web designers. Right, know? right. So that's fine. I don't fault them for that. But there's there a lot of information. For example, uh, they posed the question, why are there no Bigfoot remains? Because that's definitely one of the questions I would have is, well, there's a lot of, you know, people looking. Why aren't we finding anything? And they point out, there might be people looking, but maybe there aren't enough people looking. You know, it's a big country and there's very few of these creatures and really no serious work has been done to look for surviving apes in areas where they're rumored to reside and on top of that those areas tend to be pretty remote it would require a great deal of effort and let's face it money right even in uh, areas like asia where you have some like ancient wood apes that tend to be pretty big that lived and died all over the area. The remains are very rare. There's not even very many fossils. So why would we find any in North America when the species is in fact even rarer? Right. Well, and also uh, there's some surprising results. So I saw, I found, or I found, I saw, I was watching a TV show. I think it's called Monster Quest. I don't think it's on anymore. I'm pretty sure it was that. And they were trying to lure out some kind of cryptid, I forget which one, but they put out a corpse of like a goat or something like that in uh, in a jungle and they're trying to lure the cryptid and they put like trail cameras or whatever to, to watch the corpse to see if, you know, something came to eat it. And the results that they had for that corpse were simply shocking. Um, because of the natural area, things like, uh, like maggots and the- Squirrels. You know, yeah, squirrels and, you know, just Spiders. just the natural process. The corpse, after less than 24 hours, if I remember correctly, the corpse was almost completely gone. Yeah. It was just completely shredded. And um, you just imagine, you know, and if you didn't, if a Bigfoot died in the wild, if you didn't find the corpse within hours, it's going to be gone. Predators are going to eat that right up. Also, that doesn't take into consideration the possibility that they may have like burial grounds, kind of like elephants do. That's super interesting yeah. and a good point. It has always fascinated me that elephants have burial grounds. Yeah, isn't that wild? It is crazy. Those elephants, you know, they're supposed to be pretty smart. I remember I went to the zoo and they had like a little show and they have all the different animals come up and then an elephant come up and it would count by stomping its feet. Wow. Yes. They'd be like, what's two plus two? And it would stomp its feet four times. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to have the intelligence of a four or five-year-old, which, you know, is pretty impressive. 
That's crazy. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I met some creatures. I met some pretty smart three or four year olds. Exactly. Some pretty uh, witty. Yeah. Three and four year olds, four and five year olds, whatever. So yeah, pretty cool. That's yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know they were that smart. That's crazy. Pretty cool. So there were a bunch of other questions they tried to answer, but one of the ones I enjoyed was where do the Bigfoot, Big Feet Sasquatches come from? So they talked about, have you heard about this, the Bigfoot Giganto theory? Well, I've heard of the Gigantopithecus. <clears throat> I did I did a, um, a mind boggle of the week back when I used to do those <laughs> on Gigantopithecus, so I'm somewhat familiar. It's basically the theory that the surviving relatives of the giant cousin to the orangutan, these gigantos, are actually Bigfoot. So they are, um, you know, you had humans, basically the ancient relatives of humans, Homo erectus, and they hunted down, maybe ate, maybe just killed them, these cousins to the orangutan, and they were presumed to go extinct, but instead they actually adapted to their environment. And while the rest of humanity was busy making settlements, these primates continued to be more of a hunter-gatherer society where they lived in very small groups and were somewhat nomadic and so just adapted over time. And so they had features like, you know, better night vision. They're good at being quiet and hiding. Uh, they can live in the cold. They can cross uh, high mountain ranges. Those sorts of things that humans aren't able to to do. Yeah. And it makes sense uh, if they have, you know, heightened senses of, you know, hearing and smell. They're sure. good at detecting people. Maybe they're nocturnal. If you look at the the sheer size, if you've ever flown over the wildernesses, they are very dense. There's a lot of it. So I think it is plausible that they could be hiding in there somewhere, you know? So if you want to learn more, that was BFRO.net, the Bigfoot Research Organization. Very great website. Lots of resources. Cool. That sounds like a great place. I hadn't heard of that one before, but I'm definitely going to check it out. I got it on my phone right now, and I'm probably going to email them to see if they want to come on the All Things Strange podcast. Excellent. Because why not? All right. You want me to go on? Okay. Here's some more stories from the Bigfoot UFO Connection. All right. Another one. On December 9th, 1974, at 1030 p.m., a guy named Fredwick. Fred, Fredwick, what, what's wrong with me? I can't talk. Frederick, with, Fred, oh, no, no, wait, no. I'm sorry. Frederick, Wisconsin is the place. William Bosack was the guy. He was driving down a road at 1030 at night when he almost ran into a spherical UFO. It was just chilling in the middle of the road, apparently. Like UFOs do. Yeah. The bottom half of the UFO was obscured by fog, but the top had a domed part that was see-through, kind of like glass or something. And inside of the dome, he saw an ape-like creature with reddish-brown no fur way. operating the controls. <laughs> the object rose and disappeared. Awesome. And that's that one. It's kind of a short one, but... I haven't heard anything like that before. Yeah, there's a bunch of these. Like, there's a surprisingly large number of sightings like this. 
that I was completely unaware of. So it's kind of fun to look into these. Very cool. All right. Next, we have one from 1976. This one happened in Rutland, British Columbia in August, so summertime. Witnesses saw several UFOs, but a group of people in particular saw an ape-like creature on a mountainside. They even found a hair clump that they sent to the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. The sample came back as primate hair, but the species was undetermined. Bum, bum. So this one I'm curious to look into a little bit more because if they have an actual hair sample with modern techniques, they might be able to find out more. Gosh, science capabilities nowadays are amazing. Yeah. Not that I'm that old, but when I was a kid, we had an Atari 2600. Now we got an Xbox Series X. And let me tell you, (laughs) big difference. Just if you're looking at the video games. But I mean... It may be a silly example, but it just goes to, I guess, demonstrate or maybe illustrate just how much technology has changed in a fairly short amount of time. So speaking of hair, yeah, um, that kind of leads into my next little segue. Okay. Where the FBI recently declassified a report. Now, this was in 2019, but still it's pretty recent considering it had been on file since 1976. Hmm. Okay. So what happened is Director Peter Brine of the Bigfoot Information Center and Exhibition in Oregon sent the FBI 15 hairs attached to a tiny piece of skin, which he thought was from a Bigfoot. Now, this was after the famous video that was recorded, recorded, recorded in Northern California. Jay Cochran Jr., the assistant director at the time of the FBI's Scientific and Technical Services Division, wrote back that he didn't actually find any evidence that it was a Bigfoot. And after analyzing the data, he thought maybe it was a deer. But hmm. Brian says he never received any communication from the FBI about the analysis. And I'm sure the sample went missing. And there's no sample. That's that's right. So it always goes missing. <laughs> so the and apparently it was 1977 when they concluded it was deer hair, but they didn't release the report until 2019. Four decades later. And Cochrane says they sent it to the Academy of Applied Science, which was associated with Brines, who was overseas at the time. But when the file was released in 2019, Brine, who was at the time like in his late 80s or something, said it was the first time he'd ever seen it. Hmm. Still, it's interesting that there was an FBI investigation at all and that it was classified. That's pretty interesting. Why would the FBI be looking at Bigfoot? Yeah, exactly, That's exactly. Kind of weird. But so it's still kind of inconclusive? Well, it depends on what camp you're in, doesn't it? Mm hmm. So I, I only have one more UFO encounter to talk about. How much more stuff do you have? Uh, okay, do you want to go first or should I? Uh, let's see. Sure. Well, just in general, I was thinking about how just like. In UFOs sightings, people are reluctant to come forward about their Sasquatch sightings. Right. Because they're afraid of ridicule. So you really don't know 
There are, you know, forums where you can anonymously post, but like the Bigfoot research organization that I was talking about requires you give them information, like personal information. So would you come forward if you saw a Bigfoot in the forest? I don't know if I would. Probably not. I mean, well, I would, but <laughs> if if I was like a doctor or a teacher or something like that, right. you could lose your job. It's true. Just for, and like I always say on the show, it's like, hey, I'm not the one who's crazy. The shit I saw was crazy. Don't blame me. Like, (laughs) I think it's insane that if you see something weird and then you come forward and report it, that people look at you like you're the thing that's crazy. Instead of what you're looking at. Yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. I was also struck by the different camps. You know, there are those that see the Bigfoot as this friendly, helpful, shy creature who might communicate telepathically to indicate that they want a peaceful world. And then there's the camp that see him as frightening and threatening. And there's stories of them tearing people limb from limb. And on the other hand, there's stories of them helping and guiding people, especially children. But then there's stories of them attacking and frightening families. So you have two different uh, spectrum. There's there's a whole book series by a guy named David Paulides. I'm pretty sure we talked about him before on the show briefly. But he has these books where he goes over missing persons cases, mostly in the wilderness, yeah, actually, I, we talked about one of the cases he investigated, I think. But anyways, um, people go missing all the time in the wilderness because, dude, the wilderness right. is pretty harsh and it's, you know, stuff happens sometimes. But he makes a connection to Bigfoot. So I haven't read the books myself, um, cover to cover, whatever. But from like the reviews I've read and stuff, it's one of these things kind of like uh, ancient aliens where it's like, well, I'm not saying it's Bigfoot, but is Bigfoot, you know. <laughs> I don't think he ever comes out and says it's Bigfoot, but he definitely hints at it an awful lot that people are being abducted and murdered by Bigfoot in the wilderness. For the most part, though, people keep it kind of light. I think most people think that Bigfoot is harmless. Yeah. Harmless and, and shy, a shy creature, more likely to, to run away than confront. Yeah, and again, I'm not an expert, but the most of the sightings that I've read about are, yeah, I saw this thing in the distance. And it went away. And then it went away. Yeah. That's the vast majority of the ones I've seen. There's a lot of festivals that celebrate sightings of Bigfoot. There was actually one seven days ago. Uh, let me think. It was in Ohio, which is mm. also a hot spot. It's actually the fourth, nationally the fourth largest in encounters as far as states go. So the fourth state. And they had the Hawking Hills Bigfoot Festival. And so many people went. It was more than the population of the town. So people are very interested in this topic. You know, they're having a lot of fun with it. Uh, locals say it's a great way for, you know, people to support mom and pop shops and that sort of thing. But I think there's also a true interest. Uh, in Logan, around the area in Ohio, there's actually been 30, 300 spottings since 1940. And the most recent one was in Warren, Warren County. So that's kind of interesting. There's actually this gal, Suzanne Ferencak. She's a, a member of the organization I was talking about who lives in a rural area of Ohio. She's been recording 
or trying to record Bigfoot sounds since she had her own encounter in May of 2013. Nothing, nothing, nothing. She gets really nice recording equipment. And then July 3rd of, of last year at 3.42 a.m. after people had set off a ton of fireworks, she heard a chorus of coyotes followed by something that she said was different and she believed was a Bigfoot. Back and forth, coyotes howling, this alleged Bigfoot howling, caught on recorder two minutes for two minutes. And she sent it to a naturalist at the nearby Mohican State Park. And their colleagues listened too. And they agreed it sounded kind of like a coyote, but wasn't quite the same. Like they didn't think it was a coyote, even though the howl sounded similar. Hmm. Maybe it was an escaped parrot. I don't I don't think that's <laughs> true. Parrots can um can do some pretty interesting things. But that, I, that's what I heard though is that these these Bigfoot will will howl and scream at night. I don't know if it's a form of communication or if they're just giving off like some negative energy like kind of releasing the tensions of the day. Well, have you ever been camping and you bring an ice chest full of beer? And you wake up in the morning and you're like, I swear I only had three beers. We brought like 50 for the whole weekend. And you go to your buddy, hey, dude, did you drink all the beer? There's no way you drink all that beer. And he's like, dude, I had like two. But there's, so there's like 45 beers missing. Well, guess who got into the beer? Bigfoot. Yep. Okay. He drank 45 beers. I wondered where you were going with this. <laughs> he drank, he or she drank 45 beers and spent the night howling at the moon. It all makes sense now. That's my explanation. Now I have this mental, I don't know why, but suddenly it popped into my head that Bigfoot and werewolves should breed and have like their own subspecies. I don't know why. That would be the most terrifying creature. <laughs> you get bit and you become a, a werewolf Bigfoot hybrid. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. Werewolves are already bad enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now they need ape super strength. No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, man. That's a really. Did you listen to the recording? No, I didn't. I did watch drone footage of a Bigfoot sighting, and I got pretty excited until the YouTuber came out and admitted it was a hoax. Ah, uh, I hate it. See, I hate it when people do that because when somebody hoaxes something, it makes it all look like nonsense. I know. I was. It was very frustrating because it was picked up by a couple channels like paranormal podcasts and news yeah. channels and that sort of thing. And then the YouTuber came out and he was like, just kidding. But you know what's funny hmm. is in the drone footage, I didn't watch the lady with her recording of the howling. I did watch the drone footage and his tone of voice when he's like, what's that? What the F is that? What the hell is that? I could tell mm -hmm. that it was just not real. Yeah. Just by his tone of voice. It's hard to act. Yeah, he he was not acting well. So if yeah. personally, like I don't think our show would have picked that up because right. it just I, I was not convinced. Yeah, and I know you said I'm skeptical, but you could just tell this wasn't well, real. Even if you want to be a hard skeptic, it's hard to dismiss the vast weight of all of the Bigfoot sightings. Yeah, people are seeing something, even if it's not a Bigfoot. Enough witnesses have come forward that 
I feel they believe they've seen a Bigfoot. Right, exactly. And maybe they've seen a bear walking around on two feet. Bears can do that, and it would look really weird, especially if maybe if they had mange or something. Right, I don't know. Right, it's kind of like with the chupacabra, how we talked about coyotes and and mange, and how yeah. Could, so people are seeing something. Right, I think that there's definitely plenty of hoax reports out there for sure, but I think that also there's a lot of genuine reports, and you could be a total skeptic, but people are seeing something. You know, right? I agree, and when you see something and it's eight feet tall it's hard to find an explanation yeah the, although there are bears like polar bears that i think polar bears can be up to 12 feet tall i never want to encounter a bear can you imagine a 12 foot tall polar bear i would rather not but i think mo depends on your region where they're you're breeding with brown bears too i guess because of lack of partners uh-huh so now you just get these huge brown bears. Oh yeah, good, good. It's great. Good. I can't, I can't wait to encounter one of those in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not. I'd have to double check what species of bears are in what area. But I think a lot of areas don't necessarily have eight foot tall bears. I think a lot of bears are smaller than that. But I'd have to look. I'm not. No, sure. No, they are. They yeah. are smaller than that. Polar bears are definitely one of the one of the bigger ones. I think they are the biggest one. I'm not sure, but. They're, they're so cute. Well, if they're drinking Coca-Cola. From a are. distance. <laughs> yeah. If you saw them from a mile away, they're cute. You know, if they can't the get to you. Bear clubs, cubs blending into the snow. They're monsters. Drinking Coca-Cola. They're, you know, a bear, if a bear encounters you in the wild, if it wants to eat you, you're getting eaten. I was telling Agent Anderson, because Agent Redacted brought this up the other day, I can never remember which animals you're supposed to make yourself really big for and which animals you're supposed to curl up into a little ball and hide and quiver in fear. I heard that if there's a predator and you run away from it, then it sees you as prey and it will eat you. I don't want to be eaten. So I heard that if there's something like a bear, you're better off standing there and looking at it, trying to make yourself look bigger, because then it sees you as maybe something threatening and, I think you're going to get eaten. And it might not want to bother because they don't want a fight. Oh, whoops. I already, already, I already gave them their medicine. Um, they may not want to bother with having to actually fight something. They just want prey, like a deer, for example. Bears want to eat deer and fish. They don't want to have to fight a meal. Bears right? eat deer? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> well, they're, they're omnivores. They eat whatever the hell they want. I don't know if they eat deer. Sure they do. I feel like it's mostly fish. Maybe. I don't know. Berries. Who knows? Okay. Uh, I, I saw it on the internet, so it must be must true. Must be true. No, yeah. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. I don't know about the deer thing. Though. I don't know. I don't actually know a whole lot about bears, but dude, I'm telling we you. We are such city slickers. They, bears are terrifying creatures. They eat whatever the hell they we want. We get excited when there's reports of mountain lions. We're like, whoa, a mountain lion was sighted in our area. <laughs> like it's a really big deal. I get excited when I see a squirrel run across the road. <laughs> 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 or if you go to the the park over there, you know we live close to a park, and sometimes there are squirrels that'll run They're around ground ground squirrels. Yeah, they'll run up and down the trees, or they'll run into the ground like tunnels in the ground or whatever. They're pretty cute. They're fun to watch. We saw me and Agent Egg saw like twenty. Wow. Yeah, like all together, just like chilling. He was pretty excited. They're they're pretty interesting little creatures. They have some ducks. And Geese. Uh, and we saw a swan. Occasional deer, if it's not too crowded. We saw a swan. Yeah, yeah, those are yeah, they have those. Cool. Yeah, they're real pretty. But anyways, 
Um, well, let's not go off on oh. a wildlife <laughs> tangent here. There we go again. I know. Well, actually, that looks like all my material for today. Okay. Well, I have one more UFO slash it. Bigfoot sighting. Go for it. This is the one that was interesting enough. There are multiple witnesses and even Project Blue Book investigated it. So this one, I think there's enough here to where you could do a whole episode on this particular case. But I wanted to present multiple cases, so I didn't go into too much depth into any one of them. But I definitely want to touch on this one, or I want to go. I want to look up the file. I want to look up the witness statements. I want to look. I actually want to do a whole whole episode on this one because it sounds really interesting. But anyways, we're talking about Presque Ilse Park in Erie, Pennsylvania. That's P R E S Q U E. I-L-S-E. How would you pronounce that, Agent Ether? I don't even know. At least it's not French. What is that? Is it a look? It's not French, is it? What Thank hell, goodness. What the hell language is that even is? I don't know. I'm just happy it's not French. Yeah, I don't know. Presque Ilse Park in Erie, Pennsylvania. If you live in Pennsylvania, please tell us how to pronounce that. Uh, <laughs> way back in 1966, a big year for UFOs. Um, first episode, 1966. This was in the summertime in July, uh, July 31st. This, the event happened about 7.30 p.m. Four witnesses who were driving around the beach trying to find a pic- picnic spot got their car stuck in the sand. <laughs> Suckers. I, I mean, it could happen to anybody, right? I guess. Don't drive your car on the beach in the sand. Unless it's for driving in the sand, which yeah. most cars are not. Yeah. <laughs> but they tried to get it out of the sand. They couldn't. And eventually, a couple of park rangers or officers came by. But before that happened, while they were trying to get it unstuck, at some point they gave up. They decided it was getting dark. So one of those two two guys and two gals, um, they were probably out, you know on a picnic date type deal. One of the guys named Gerald decided to go to the park office to get help. The other three people stayed with the car. At around 9 p.m., the three people that stayed behind saw a strange hexagonal hex, hex, hexagonal hexagonal. I've, I've messed up this word before. I should really Google it. But anyways, hexagonally, a hexagon shaped object <laughs> appeared moving erratically from side to side. So the description sounds like not that the move that the object was moving from horizon to horizon, but as it moved, it also sort of skipped around erratically, which I've seen reports like this before. And we've talked about reports like this before, almost like it was sort of glitching or something. It's just a really weird description. It stopped about 400 yards from the car over the beach. It was hovering over the beach. And uh, some descriptions say it may have landed on the beach and then took back off. And they did find markings on the beach in that spot. So it sounds like it may have landed there. But anyways, the object had lights around its edge that moved. And it also had lights that swept the area under the object. Um, it also, so it, it if, if it landed, depending on the description you're reading, either it landed or hovered. Um, it went off to the side a little bit over like some trees and it landed behind some trees. One of the witnesses, Betty said, the car vibrated. I know we saw it. We had taken a walk in that area earlier. There was nothing between the trees then. So uh, she's 
sounds like she's being kind of defensive. Like, yeah, we saw it land over there and there's nothing over there earlier. Right. We just talked about this, how people are ridiculed. Right. Yeah. But what I find interesting is when she said the car vibrated. If the object is so 400 yards away, that's kind of far. I mean, it's close enough for something like this to be, to scare the crap out of you. But, um, if it made the car vibrate, that's pretty interesting, right? Yeah, totally. That's just kind of, it's kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe it means like it's some kind of magnetic thing or something. I, who knows? It's weird though. Betty said the, um, that, uh, oh no, the other woman there was named Anita, but Betty also said it lit up the whole woods in the path. It wasn't like a searchlight. There was light along the ground, along the whole path. So again, another really kind of interesting description there. Now, the two park officers arrived after, sometime after it had landed behind the trees. When they got there, it wasn't visible and there was no light coming out, apparently, from behind the trees. So they didn't see the light, but they did see the people stuck in the car, the three oh, yeah. people mm -hmm. stuck in the car. So they went over to see, you know, do you need help, whatever. And they told the officers the story, what they had just seen. Uh, one of the, the other guy that stayed behind is named Douglas. He actually walked the officers over to behind the trees where they saw the UFO land. The two ladies stayed behind with the car. Huh. Now, after Douglas and the officers went into the woods, uh, the, the ladies saw, they saw something come out of the trees. It was a tall humanoid creature covered in fur. It came towards the car and circled. This is dude, this is so creepy, this description. So this Bigfoot-like creature comes out of the woods, starts circling the car, and and like scratches the car with its claws. Huh. And, and at this point, I would be literally crapping my pants, you know? Yeah. This is yeah. this is just terrifying stuff right here. So it <laughs> the one of the witnesses who was at this point um behind the wheel, uh, that that would be Betty, was sitting behind this the wheel for whatever reason. I guess she moved to the behind there when the when the guys left. She started honking the horn. Um, trying to get the attention of the officers, you know, Hey, come yeah. back. We want your attention. And I guess she was honking it in like a short, not, she wasn't just laying on the horn. She was doing it like in a beep, 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 like a shorter pattern. This seemed to scare the creature off because it left and went back into the trees. And a few minutes later, the UFO shot up into the sky and disappeared. Dun, dun, dun. Now, Douglas and the officers came back a little later, and Betty told them what happened. Anita, the other lady, refused to talk about it at all, and she refused to be interviewed or ever speak about the event ever. So hmm. she never, ever gave a statement or anything, apparently. The, the um, other officers arrived that evening and the next day, and they wouldn't let the people, I guess Douglas owned the car, but they wouldn't let them take their car, I guess, because they were investigating it. So, you know, they're stuck like, well, where are we going to sleep? On the beach, I guess. If, if the weather was good, why not, you know? Yeah. So they investigated the area. Um, apparently, the CIA sent some people. The Air Force sent some people. 
There were some police people that investigated it. They found marks in the sand in two different places, over the beach and behind the trees. And they also saw sort of like prints, but they weren't like foot-shaped. They were sort of like conical-shaped prints that led from the marks behind the trees to the car. So that sounds like physical evidence to me. I don't know. Still kind of weird. Now, it would be easy to dismiss this as, you know, maybe they were dropping some acid or whatever, but there were actually other witnesses, lots of other witnesses. Uh, they, they saw, you know, the UFO hovering over the beach. They saw it flying overhead. One group of girls, young girls, saw it hovering and said it made a whistling sound and it seemed to fade in and out of existence and then it just disappeared. Very interesting. Kind of weird. Uh-huh. Other witnesses said it was silent, but that description really caught my attention because I thought, well, children generally have much better hearing or at least they can hear a wider frequency range than adults can. And I've talked about on the show before how, you know, old CRT TVs, I used to be able to hear them making a high-pitched sound. Right, you mentioned that. And at some point, I could no longer hear that sound. It's because, you know, you get older and you can't hear as many frequencies. But I wonder if the adults were unable to hear it because it was a high frequency, but the kids were able to hear it. I don't know. But, you know, it was, like I said, it was investigated by Project Blue Book. And that's all I have for that one this time. But it's such an interesting case. And because we have multiple witnesses, I really want to dig a little deeper into this one, but I didn't have a chance for this episode because there were so many cases There's to look at. There's only so much time. I know. And there is so much to this Bigfoot thing that I, I feel like I still want to do more episodes on it because it's pretty, pretty fun. It's a really fun topic. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some people speculate the Bigfoots are aliens or alien pets. Maybe there's some kind of alien experiment, mm -hmm. or maybe the Bigfoots are being abducted by aliens. <laughs> there's a lot of people who connect aliens and Bigfeet because turns out there's actually a decent number of sightings where Bigfoot are seen in, around, on, or about UFOs. They right. seem to go hand in hand in certain cases, which is just kind of fascinating and weird. I don't know what to make of it, but <clears> there it is. All right. So that's all I had for this one, but I do have a little, little bonus little tidbit here that I found when I was looking around earlier. Apparently there's a new effort underway to find Nessie, the Loch Ness monster. I saw that. Yeah. So the Loch Ness center is calling for drone pilots to help them capture thermal images and to search for Nessie using drones, which has never been done before, apparently. Very cool. So who knows? Maybe they'll find something. You know, we did an episode about the Loch Ness Monster, which was tons of fun. And to my surprise, when I did that episode, there was a little bit of convincing evidence. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that Nessie's real, mm -hmm. but um, I wasn't convinced that it's fake either. It was a lot of fun to look into. But anyways, I was pretty excited about that because I've been a long time, uh, you know, casual fan of Nessie, I should say. And that would be really cool if they found a new species that was, you know, undiscovered that could be account that could account for Nessie sightings. Right. Be quite a lot of fun. Speaking of, did Agent Redacted show you that new species they found? No. All right. It was 
it's like really weird looking. What is it called? I think it's like a new subspecies or whatever, but it's something that I had never heard of before. I won't really talk about it because, um, you know, we're already, yeah, we're already pretty much, you know, we're at the end of the episode, but let me see. I left the tab open on my phone, which I have a gazillion tabs open looking for. Oh, here we go. Um, here's one article, for example, from the Miami Herald, large creature with 20 arms found lurking in Antarctic sea. It's a new species by the author is Aspen Flughoft. If you want to look it up, that's P F L U G H O E F T. Maybe just look for the Miami Herald or new species found or whatever. And if you look at a picture of it, it's pretty freaking weird looking. Here it is. Aging ether. Let me see. Oh, very interesting. Now, if you were out on a boat and you saw this thing in the water, you might think you just saw a cryptid. It is really bizarre looking, like really, really weird looking. Yeah, totally. It, it looks, look, there's there's the body. Huh. Doesn't that look like an alien or something, like out of a movie? Yeah. It's like totally freaking bizarre looking. It's really weird. But anyways, that's that's that. So go ahead and Google that for yourself. Um I didn't really take notes on that one. It's just agent redacted sent that to me. And it just, you know, reminded me that because, you know, we do find new species all the time. So who knows? There could be a Bigfoot or a Nessie out there. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much all we got for you this week. Anything, any final thoughts, Agent Ether? Well, I didn't know a lot about Bigfoot, but it was definitely fun to read about. You know, I just knew the basics. I knew about the video. Oh, I, I went to the Bigfoot Research Center in Santa Cruz. Oh, yeah. We talked about that on a bonus, bonus episode. Bonus episode. Yeah. So if you're interested in learning more about my experience to that and the mystery spot, that was on a Patreon bonus episode where you can access tons of extra content. And if you're not sure, we do have audio previews on there. You can go check out some of the audio previews to see if it's, you know, something you're interested in. I just wanted to give a big shout out to our subscribers. We really appreciate your support for the show. Yep. Thank you guys so much. You're going to help us buy a new microphone stand. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> for Agent Ether, so it doesn't keep dropping, uh, among other things. All right. All right. Well, I guess that's all we got for you this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And keep it strange.